making sense of it with me, Emma Kenny. And me, Pete Smith. We've got the doors open today, so if you hear interference from nature, it's because we're literally sitting in our kitchen, dogs eating dog chews loudly, with the windows and doors open so that our animals can run freely, yes. as nature intended, but only in a garden, not quite as nature intended, but they're very small and could easily get eaten by any other dog. Or in fact, slightly larger cat, one would yeah, imagine our little ones. Crows. Yeah, herons, the lot. Yeah, well, we have a crow's nest in our back garden, don't we? Have a bit of that chihuahua. Yeah. We've having a bit of a debate recently in our neighbourhood, haven't we? Because we have. we've moved to a house, if you can picture it, it's got quite a big amount of trees in its back garden. I don't mean the kind of trees that your mum and dad might have sprouting at the back a few feet high. We're talking, like proper trees yeah we're talking forest trees yeah 100 years old ones we're not talking that we've got a house that's in a forest there's nothing quite as grand as that it's just the people who built these homes couldn't get permission to knock them down yeah. so basically they built the house around it but it's drawn our attention to the differences in humankind oh man yeah i mean i'm really upset <coughs> pete's having a bit of this. a self-protest yes i'm gonna go all swampy on them Absolutely, yeah. he's threatened to tie himself to the tree, chain himself up. Probably won't be anything quite as a, as adequate as a chain, but nonetheless, he's got quite a strong grip, and it will oh, take several men to get him off. I'd go full swampy on them if I have to. <laughs> I'll fully like chain myself, you know. And we haven't actually told people what's happening. I know, I know. That's so what you we're going to get to. Well I might as well just pick up a take talking about anything really good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is he getting so animated about the trees in his garden? Yeah. Do you want to tell them? No. No. But I might get so animated that I might, you know, tie myself up to this chair. No, the, uh, the <laughs> one of, some of our, our neighbours have decided that they want to cut them down, basically, just to get to the point of it. There's they have preservation orders on them, which yeah. means that they're not meant to be tied down. Or tied down. No, tied down. <laughs> cut down. Yeah. Because, basically, in the UK, nobody has a right to light. And if a tree's been there for 20 years or more, it has the right, as in the fact that it keeps us all alive. But, yeah. I mean, let's not mention that fact. Yeah. And what it is, they've just... Um, so we get on with our neighbours, but they've just, without asking any of our permission or opinion, they've just decided to go ahead and put planning orders in, planning permission to to cut some trees right down. I mean, these are like 100-year-old trees, you know, and they're not, they're not causing any bother at all and being a bit of a Get a bit rowdy at night sometimes. Yeah, yeah. The Hang out with the local wildlife, but apart from that. And it's just, um, I just feel a little bit let down, really. Yeah, we can't believe that yeah. people want to cut beautiful trees down. Like yeah. What did the trees ever do to us apart from help us breathe? I guess, I guess clean the air, guess basically keep the survival of humankind going. What did they ever do to us apart <laughs> from that? Yeah, I just guess it's uh, they just want to. They can't bother with the leaves falling off in the winter because you know it's, it's as we said before the proper trees that you know when the leaves fall it falls you know it's proper ah. autumn style. But you know instead of like picking them all up and moving around, just leave them and then you can do something what you call mulching. You just cut them into your grass and it's really good for your grass. But I guess these these people just want to. You know, they, they don't really care about nature. The environment. And the environment, yeah. So and it's just got my back up a little bit because we have wildlife in these trees. We have squirrels and we have, as I said, crows. We have nests and we have wood pigeons. We have owls. We have two owls. We have the most amazingly loud owls. We have uh, two herons that come down the steel next to the neighbour's fish. Which we've paid to do that job just to annoy him. <laughs> Remote controls. Radio controlled herons. Yeah. Uh, that weird heron it looks yeah. a bit like a drone yeah it does with it? a hook <laughs> 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 i'm sitting next door with the full 
But yeah, so I mean, I've just decided to um, what's the word? Object. <laughs> We've had planning offices and everything round. I've yeah. even spoken to the tree surgeon involved yeah, the and said, come anywhere near our land, we'll have you. Just like Viz in the old days, get off my land. I just think getting it, all like that. Yeah, I just think it'd be. Um, it wouldn't be our principles would be brought into into it really if we if we didn't at least say something you know I'm in loving the fact that we moved here in October and before that you had so little interest in gardening and nature's kind of experience and prior to that a few years before you ate meat and now you've gone like massive 180 oh and you're yeah. basically pretty close to being John Lennon. I am, yeah. I just hope I don't get shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I mean, oh, oh, oh. Cause, cause a few problems with the neighbourhood. You never know. Oh, People yeah. do disappear. Yeah, they do, don't they? I've yeah. had the garden's quite, big enough. I've had quite a long day because I've been to this morning, so I got up at four o'clock in the morning. She did. I've had quite a long day. It is a long day. You were talking virgins and keeping yourself until you decide to meet the one, which we all know rarely exists <laughs> it's usually the one and the other and a few more yeah. then just a few just for fun <laughs> then oh maybe then no it didn't work out and then oh yeah great and then divorce and yeah. then oh finally when you're old enough and you're exhausted enough yourself it's as simple as that so yeah, that's where i come in yeah i didn't want to burst her bubble but you know at the end of the day it's been one of those days virgins trees yeah. getting back to nature yeah, well, you don't look like you're tired. I do. I you look don't. like I'm so tired. No, you don't. If you're watching this, you will be able to comment below and agree that I look exhausted. And if you're not watching this, you can just imagine somebody with very long hair and very small eyes. That's me right now. With tiny eyes. Tiny eyes. Like lasagna on Oxo cubes. <laughs> <laughs> I've stolen that from Vic and Bob there. <laughs> so yeah. what have we done? What's changed since we last spoke? So we didn't do one last week. We no, really we bad. had a bit of a break, didn't we? We, yeah. we? we had a break due to work commitments. Um, I say work commitments. There were work commitments. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, time gets a hold of us sometimes, doesn't it? And then you realise that we don't have 65 hours in a day. There's only 24. But we're back. With a vengeance. Yeah, with a vengeance. What have we been doing? Well... We could say, you know, you just mentioned it. I have been gardening again. I'm 43 now. It's about time. He's miles older to. than me. When I met Pete, one of the things that I worried about was whether the age gap would cause an <laughs> issue. <laughs> but it hasn't. I accept that he's considerably older than me. I am. I'm, I'm at least 24 years older it's than him. just a lot, a lot yeah. old. Not old enough for it to cause like a social disturbance and for him to question his morals, but old enough for people mm. to discernibly notice that he's considerably older than me. Yeah. Have I ever told you you've got a really nice mouth? <laughs> you're so weird. <laughs> Just thought I'd bring it in there, <laughs> seeing as what you're talking about. Yeah, How yeah. old you are. How old are you, yeah. But we've had a big change. What's the big change, Peter? What's the big change? What's Why happened? do you keep putting me on the spot with these things? What's the big change? Well, it's in our life, so... What's the big change? We haven't got a new dog, have we? You haven't told me about. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, what? Do, 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 oh, we've got do, some drums. Do, do, do. <laughs> well, number one. We've learned how to play classical, classical music by, what's his name? Tchaikovsky. <laughs> no, it's not Tchaikovsky. That was... Da, 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 I don't know who it is. That was, what's his name, Beethoven? wasn't it? No. 
I don't it's know. It's the one who was out of the X Factor. <laughs> what? There's a guy from the X Factor with the same name. I can't remember his name. Oh, George. <laughs> <laughs> George Jefferson. <laughs> no, it, it, it was what you had. Oh, I can't remember his name now. But anyway, Stephen Fry likes him. Right, okay. Well, yeah. that was helpful. Yeah. Anyway, um, what's the news? What's the news? What's changed? Oh, my God. Why can't... What, what, what's changed? I've decorated the front hall. Oh, yeah, that has been happening. But no, what's changed? What's happened to us? What's new? What, you, you put me right, right. on the spot here. I'm totally... Right. Really, think I think I'm this. starting to lose my mind, me. Think closely. Everest? Kef- no. no. What have Everest got to do with our <laughs> well, new You've been life? working with them, that's all. Oh, man, I'm just like... Bit the best, Everest. Yeah. That's just as a side note. But go on. What's changed? Guys, I can't believe this. Like, if you're listening to this now, right, I'm as frustrated as you are because I can't believe you've all probably had a better guess at home than he has in this situation. What have we done that's new? Have we done something new? I'm totally... Massively. Oh, my God, I think I'm starting to be, become ill. I think I've like, <laughs> lost my mind. Acupuncture. Oh, you mean acupuncture? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just become normal for me now. You know, I'm like, say you're thinking, you know, there's some massive mean? event in our life that has, you know, I've only had it once and it's made, I'm, that's it now. I'm, I'm, I'm having it forever. You know, it's become normal for me. It's normalised. It's not this massive thing. I'm like, but yeah, you're right. It has changed and it is brilliant. We said We've yes. We've had acupuncture. We've started acupuncture because I decided that I needed something different. Like everybody's got their own kind of way of letting things out. And me and Pete in our relationship, we get on really, really well. But when we occasionally don't get on, we really don't get on yeah. for like 24 hours. We really don't get on. We're good at like we're good for 24 hours at not getting on. It, we're really good. I'm better at not getting on yeah, with you. you as in, I hate you. Yeah, you wanna, <laughs> I can go from I love Pete to I hate him. And actually fully believe it for a certain amount of hours. And Pete's biggest fear is Emma's going to hate me. And so we get into this awkward dance of possible trauma in our relationship, very temporarily, very occasionally. But nonetheless, it's one of those things that always comes back to bite us, doesn't it? does. We'll get on really well for like ages. And I mean ages. I'm not like we get on well from a Monday to a Wednesday, then we have a massive fight on Thursday, then we get to the weekend, then I throw him out on a Sunday. That doesn't happen. (laughs) It's a proper like long distance between our hours, isn't it? Yeah, But it tends to be the same issue that occurs. So I thought to myself... Well, I'm going to try something different to like set What's, what's the issue that you're brilliant and I'm not? <laughs> no, that's just one of the issues. <laughs> there are other issues. Yeah. That's probably one of the underpinning issues that I'm brilliant and you're not. <laughs> then there are other more important issues that get on top of that. Yeah. But don't worry about that because it's all being balanced out now. So we've started acupuncture because I decided that I wanted to try something completely new. Two reasons, because I'm still kind of trying to cook these eggs on. I'm still trying to desperately yeah, get we are going this to. fertility going. And that's one of the reasons. But the other was just like, I just want to know whether I'm physically in a good place. And therapy, I've kind of talked myself out of therapy for years because I don't mean I've talked myself out of having therapy. Clearly, I'm massively involved in therapy. It's <laughs> kind of what I do. But 
I've done all my psychological work. Not that you can't carry on growing, but at the end of the day, I've just done that, like, really clear understanding of me. My good points, my bad points, the bits I need to work on consistently, the bits I'm pretty chilled with and happy with. And I kept saying to you, didn't I just kind of want to do something that has yeah. a bit of self-care in? So I decided to find somebody for acupuncture and I found this amazing woman called Louise and she lives quite a bit of a Whitworth. way away in Whitworth. It's sort of, because well, Rochdale and Rosendale, it's like sort of just on the border. Yeah, nobody listening is going to know that because they're all over the world and yeah. literally the chances of somebody knowing where Whitworth is or needing you to go, oh, right, okay, quite, quite so close to me then. Valley acupuncture. Yeah, so whatever. Um, she's not sponsoring us either. So we decided that we'd go, didn't we? I went and then you went. And it's just been like really revelationary, mm. hasn't it? Like I genuinely feel so much calmer. And I do feel calm as a person a lot, but my energy is kind yeah. of up there, isn't it? You're a few into it now, haven't you? I've only had one. So I've yeah. got on a thir- like Thursday, so I will. I had a really heavy duty on yesterday. She said mm. I'm really resistant. I yeah. thought this woman knows me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. She opened child's door. She had to ask me three times whether I was ready for child's door to be open. If I hadn't been ready, I'd have still gone, yeah, go on. It sounded really yeah. scary. <laughs> Just do it. It's like that what film. the bloody hell's yeah. going to happen? It's like Jumanji. You know what I mean? Oh, the I'll wake up in another world. Oh, <laughs> you know, are you there? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm on the side of the child's door. <laughs> well, child's door's well and truly yeah. open. So apparently it helps to release grief and guilt because I have a lot of grief and guilt. So apparently it's all going to be okay now, which is great because yeah. I'm really happy with that. The idea that I just have to lie there and somebody just inserts needles into areas of my body and I wake up yeah. going, God, fine. But got to say this because people can be a bit like, oh, whatever, you know, acupuncture, what's that? And I have to say I was a little bit, apprehensive and suspicious and even though I'd read quite a lot about the medical side of it i.e you know you can really have empirical evidence that backs up the effectiveness particularly in areas like fertility and injury I was still like how how I'm really into the whole idea of like eastern you know, medicines and yeah. practices but whether I actually believe that it would have a specific impact I didn't really know but we went and that first time she was like, you know, asking me about my nighttime habit. And I was just like, oh yeah, I have loads of night sweats. I've just like always had night sweats. I just put it down to part of my anemia and all these other things that kind of go on and perfectly well. But that was one of the things. And she kind of said to me, well, I'm just going to get rid of those. And you know, you're thinking, all right, okay, you're a lunatic. Yeah, go yeah. on then. Do a bit of an incantation and a dance. Anyway, I've not had any night sweats at I, all. Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. She's a healer. Absolutely. And it's mad, isn't it? She um, she is very very good at what she does, and I think the uh, it is weird. I can't. I mean, I was I was open. To, I wasn't apprehensive or anything. Like that. I was a bit more sort of open, thinking you know <clears throat> it's always worth a try. And she had them in my ears, in between her toes, and my palms, my belly, you know. And uh, I mean, my, my main thing is to get rid of a fire that's burning me, like an angry fire that's I want, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just I felt really content after it did you, you know, feel so lightheaded after you'd had it done i did yeah i felt like i, I was feel lightheaded after yeah. i have it done it's really weird yeah. like lightheaded the first day and then like really lightheaded in the afternoon the second day so today's my second afternoon and i'm like Ugh. yeah yeah. do you know what i mean yeah but i feel like i love it i love it i really want to have it forever yeah which is a bit of a problem financially but never mind the point is we're enjoying it now yeah. and she is just the most lovely person you know when you meet people and you're just like ah. Oh, that's a really nice time to meet. 
And I was saying to Pete, I went yesterday and I turned up and she's quite eccentric. I would yeah. use that word to describe Louise. She's quite eccentric. She is, which is And nice. she's also got quite a broad accent. So she's got quite a Rochdale accent. So she talks like that. Mm. That's how she talks like yeah. that. Yeah. And it's lovely. It's a, I have quite a strong accent, but she has an incredibly strong accent. So she'd talk like that incredibly strong. You, you know what she's got going on? She's got um, like a, a quirky Northern Soul thing. Sort she of. looks great, yeah. Yeah, so she's, in, she's into sort of the Northern yeah. Soul, the... Um, Manchester sort of band, but the Northern Soul element as well. So she, she was telling me, so she's got that look about her, yeah. that, you know, like quirky sort of look. But she's like that. really eccentric in a nice way. Yeah. And she's just really warm. And I went there yesterday and she was just like, oh, I just want to say like, it was a real gift you guys coming. I felt like it's been really hard work recently and you two have really brought me a gift and made me feel really positive again. And I just wanted to say thank you. And I'm thinking, oh, She's just such That's a lovely really nice. person, you know? And it's like, got me to thinking about that whole gratitude. And I mean, I'm grateful for pretty much everything in my life, but it just kind of keys you in and reminds you, doesn't it? Of just maintaining that gratefulness and yeah. just kind of thinking, yeah, I can have that agency that I always talk about. Cause I talk about agency all the time. I say, you happen to the world, the world doesn't happen to you. But then sometimes I don't do very much. It's not that I don't happen to the world, as in I know that I'm still in control. I'm the one not doing very much, or you know, I'm the one watching Teen Mum OG for a day, because <laughs> that's going to change my life and getting really invested in the characters. Like, yeah, Chelsea, you're well adjusted, and you know what I mean. Yeah. I'm wasting time, and things like this just kind of give me that kick again and remind me that there's loads of new things that I can try and do. And we were laying in bed last night, weren't we? Oh, there you go. Dogs are saying hello. The lighter, higher one is a Wookiee. The gruffer one is Poppy. Yeah. Both starring in our podcast chaps after eating some very lovely ham or dead animal as we call it. Yeah. So yeah. last night we went to bed, didn't we? We were talking about life. Do you remember what we were talking about last night? Just checking whether he really has got early onset dementia. I do. I can, you know, I, you just know feel what? like we, he might. We were talking about life and I'm, I'm, I can see you looking at me now talking and, and I, I do recall it being extremely... <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about it, what it all means, you know. Um, what was it? <laughs> Number one, <laughs> if you're going to clutch at straws when somebody says we were talking Let about just, life. No, no, when somebody says we were talking about life and you're like, right, she's asked me again. I have to look like I remember what we were talking about. I know. I've got what it. was it I all know, about? I know what it was about. <laughs> it was about that we're all in this together, all the same. And as, as, as life goes past you and it drops it onto you and then you become life and then... We're yeah. all we're all basically the same. It doesn't matter because we were talking about animals and we, we were, talking were talking about, about uh, and it was th when you showed me the, the, there's a thing on the internet about a woman who finds a bee, a, bumble a queen bee. bumblebee, but without any wings. Because it there's an illness mm. that is really prolific in the bee kingdom, and basically it means that their wings don't form. And a queen obviously requires her wings, and like all bees require their wings, but it's a disease. So yeah, anyway, she'd. Lost yeah, her and we, we were discussing that because it was very sentient and it was very. So basically, what happened was this woman found the bee outside, yeah, and realised it didn't have any wings. Put it on a plant after giving it some water and sugar, which is a known thing that you give bees when they're not so good. She left her all day when she went to work. It was a female. I can use that. She was a queen bee. Came back and she hadn't moved, and she realised that this isn't okay. And she put her hand out, and the bee crawled onto her hand, and she felt like. That was therefore her responsibility. Queen bees live for an average of four months. And for the next five months, this woman created a whole life 
indoors for this particular bee, favourite plants, etc. And the bee started to just have a relationship yeah. of trust with her. She would crawl on her hand, crawl up her nose. She fell asleep in her hand constantly. And they had the most beautiful relationship with each other for five months until she fell asleep naturally and said mm. goodbye in that way. And she had the most beautiful experience. And what I was saying to Pete was like, and Pete is quite easy to get into that frame of mind where he gets dead moved. You do get dead moved. That's one of the I things do. I absolutely love about you because you know, you're not afraid of, of you know, you're not afraid of to, to be emotional and, and to just feel that kind of empathy and stuff that's a big part of who you are yeah and this bee we were like nearly crying anyway weren't we because the bee died as it should do it's a (laughs) bee and i said that i can't understand how people can kill and that my belief is that life is what we all belong to the energy of being is life yeah and if you imagine just imagine a landscape of nothing just a landscape of nothing just like the black and white landscape and then imagine an energy force which is life just rushing past and as she rushes past and touches all of it everything she touches comes to life whether that's the grass or the trees or the animals or the flies or the creepy crawlies or the humans or the animal kingdom it's like that life force is just fed into every single one, whether you're a tiny little speck or whether you're an enormous mammal, you exist because of life. And she's giving you that power and then it's fleeting and it can only last for as long as your being can be, if that makes sense. So life can only exist in the vessel it's in for the long length of of that actual being. So it dies in the end and then returns back to life, if that makes sense. It kind of runs past you. You run on your own for a while and then she picks you up again when you go back to it. That's the way I look. So my whole belief system is that everything has the same power of life. And if you take that, you destroy the very essence of what makes us who we are. Yeah, I mean, that's what... um when I speak to you about this and discuss this sort of stuff with you and get nice and deep with it, it's sort of, I sort of make myself feel a little bit sick knowing that... You used to kill. Yeah, I mean, just, just as a kid, I mean, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to judge people uh, that eat meat and stuff, but because I've been there and, you know... Um, I just think that people who eat meat haven't seen it in the way that we've seen it. Yeah, I think yeah, that if you choose to hold a mirror to the reality of killing when you don't need to mm. kill. I know that, you, you know, that. everybody always has a counter-argument for stuff and a counter-opinion, which is fair. That's, that's What's big. the counter-opinion? Well, the old, the old sort of, you know, what what have we ca- got the teeth and why do we have to do this? Because we're foragers. We're built to eat it and no, all No, no, we're foragers. Yeah, I'm not, it's not me. It's no, but we have the same meat, we have the same teeth as rabbits. Yeah, it's the, no, the so old No, thing. so, no, so just to put that into context, if anybody's listening and that's your argument, and I have to say this because this is really important, we know that humans are not meant to be carnivores and we know that for some very clear reasons. We don't have claws. Mm. We have dexterity for breaking into plants and nuts, for yeah. picking fruit. We have teeth like rabbits for gnawing. We have an absolute understanding. We don't have big, sharp yeah. things. Pointy teeth. To be fair, <laughs> the only reason we eat meat is because we can cook it. Yeah, and that was because of fire. That's, and cause of, that's got nothing to yeah. do with what we're designed for. We're designed to be absolutely non-meat eaters Mm. the fact that we've chosen to and i don't feel okay with the fact that we eat meat in the world and it's not because i'm judging the human being 
is because my empathy is more with the animal. Yeah. I'm not there to judge someone. Yeah. That's everybody has a choice. You have a choice to murder somebody. Yeah. Well, we saw that there's that, that, that other uh, video on the internet and there's a pig who's been with a with oh. pig for like how many years? How many years was it? 15 yeah. or something? And it was just, it was mourning it and it was saying bye to it and it was just watching it, you know? And we all know. Everybody out there, it's the fourth most intelligent. Sentient being, yeah. Fourth, fourth most. Person, more intelligent than dogs. You know, so for people to who get up in the morning and have the bacon and stuff, you know, think about it. What's happened with meat eating? And I guarantee that 99% of human beings could not eat meat if they had to go and kill it. No. Because human beings, I don't care about all of the negativity that's associated with humans, right? 99% of human beings are just good. They are inherently good, but you get into a role where whatever works for you, works for you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like yeah. that thing where we want to save the planet, but we live in quite a big house and we're using a lot of electricity. So we're constantly thinking, right, well, how do we go about removing our carbon footprint a little bit less? You know, yeah. you kind of always are doing this balancing act of what you have versus what you're doing. So I think that like anybody, you live in a mindset where you just think you're not doing that much harm, but actually you're doing a lot of harm. Like people go crazy when they watch the Chinese burn dogs alive. Yeah. They or go or crazy. Or the fish that's on the plate, like still alive. Or when they see bullfighting yeah. and when they see the bull being mocked and killed. Or right? they see those people hunting like lions and tigers. Yeah, and exactly, exactly. And that's because the natural human state is to protect so the average human being who eats meat eats meat not because they want to harm animals, but they don't make the link. Yeah. None of those humans on the whole, there's some, your friend Gary's one. Yeah. He could go out and happily shoot him with respect to somebody like Gary. He makes that choice. He goes out and kills him. He strips him, whatever. I that, don't yeah. feel it's necessary, but it's what he does. But the average person these days, it's sanitised. You go into your Sainsbury's, Tesco, as you it's buy all it. Packaged, it doesn't all. look like an animal. It's not even called an animal. Yeah. It's like pork. It's not, you know, pig. Dead yeah. pig. You know, if it said dead pig, yeah. fine. Butchered, an butchered animal. Murdered yeah. cow. Yeah. And it's like, that's not... Humans are good. And I don't believe for one minute that the majority of human beings are acknowledging what they're doing. Yeah. And so you're right, I don't go around these days, although it might sound like a bit of a lecture, it's really not meant to be a lecture. <clears throat> I've done my lecturing days when I was vegan. Yeah. I did my lecturing days when I was vegan and I annoyed everyone and turned more people to meat than I could ever have turned to not eating meat in my entire life. But I definitely think that it's important as a vegetarian, vegan, to really get across that message, not of you're bad for eating meat, but more maybe I can open a door for you to see another perspective. And maybe if I can just shift your comfort zone from that perspective, yeah. maybe then you'll just think a little bit about life and just the power. Like we look at animals, cows, pigs, dogs, cats, all of them, and they just blow my mind. Yeah, I, I mean, can't. we don't kill spiders. We, we had a we had a house spider for a year called Walter. You weren't with me then. We had a year. Oh, he was massive. I've always brought my boys up with a really clear thing that they must have no fear. Evan doesn't do too well around wasps, but everything else they're cool with. So, like from a very early age, I would pick spiders up, and I'm really intrigued by them. Even though my brother says if they were human size, they'd just kill us and suck our blood. I do appreciate that's probably what they do, yeah. but you know they intrigue me. And we had this particular one we call Walter. He was huge. He was around for a long time, and then one day we came down, and the dog 
had ate it. Oh, just, no. It was just like dead on the floor. Oh, the tears that we cried that day over a spider. Yeah. But both of my boys, art boys, they are so compassionate. They would never do anything to hurt anybody with purpose. Oh my gosh, no. no and that comes from that intrinsic spirit of knowing your impact. Do you know what I mean? Knowing yeah. that Walter, that little spider, had meaning. Yeah. He had meaning. He coexisted in our little world yeah. with complete synchronicity until my dog killed him. Do you know what I mean? But it's that that I think <laughs> gets me. Yeah, it was Walter. How did you know it was a him? I don't know. I just decided it was a him. Yeah. I have no idea. It could have been a female. Yeah. It might not even got ate by the dog. It might just have died and like been found on the floor. Yeah. It wasn't like mauled to death. It just was yeah, like Yeah, I've never like been that. one for... You see, that's why I don't get people hurt, hurt animals and stuff. You know, it's... Okay, I, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? People who hurt animals and kids, it's that weird thing, isn't it, where there's like, you're there to protect. Yeah. Yeah, but the animal thing, yeah, it's changed my life. Changed my life in a, in a huge way. They often say that, though, about people who convert. Because I've like always been a vegetarian really you know since a very early age my children have never ate meat at all but it's a bit like people who give up smoking isn't it they suddenly become like really evangelical about why yeah. smoke and it it's a bit like you with like, oh. me you're like you know what i can't believe i ever did it and i'm never gonna do it and there was this situation where one of pete's kind of not friends but it's a real weirdo sorry i'm not gonna say who it is but proper weirdo, I don't care if he listens to it, I don't have any time for that particular oh, no, mindset. Yeah. Absolute idiot, absolute idiot. <laughs> he got into this major row with him on Facebook, a major row telling him about how he was wrong about being a vegetarian, how we men who eat meat and stuff. And it was like the capitulation and argument and aggression and hostility. Oh, yeah. And I thought, you know what? Well, that conversation had nothing to do with him. It was because I put a picture of a vegetarian breakfast online. That was right. And the thing is, you know what? What really made me laugh was, he met everything with aggression and hostility mm. and we met it with fun and love and just facts. Yeah. And it was like, that's the difference. Because in me, I don't have that yeah. feeling, you know? I don't see, have that's, it. You see, this is why acupuncture's coming in for me because maybe, maybe he's <laughs> trying to get rid of it now. That whole, <laughs> that's it now. That's like the aggression's gone. Meat makes you aggressive. Isn't it <laughs> funny though? Because life is just one of those things where it doesn't matter who you are nobody really has a clue what they're doing essentially apart from living and being and getting through it right from a to b a birth b death hopefully the dash in between having meaning yeah you know because i mean if you think about it if everybody if, if there was somebody that knew what they were doing they'd know the meaning of life they'd be like i know what i'm doing this is my this is the meaning this is the, you know you're not because we're human nature is to search to learn to 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 get knowledge to you know it doesn't matter whether you, you know you're doing it or not because as a human, you are. You're getting from A to B, from life, dawn to death. And that is a journey and you're learning all the way. Every day, you, you don't, you know. Well, unless you think that you do know the meaning of life and people do. So if you like have a very strong religious denomination, then you well, absolutely do believe yeah. that you know the meaning of life. But then that's reductive because then how can you see the rest of the world? It's like if you were going to only look at the tree in front of you because that tree is the only thing you can see, then how do you get to see the articulation of nature and the beauty of all around it? And yeah. the whole disparity and diversity and you know amazing mm. i wish amazingness. our neighbors would look at it like that with the trees you but know? that's just it though yeah. isn't it though because they see it differently absolutely see it's so different it's bizarre i just don't get why i just still can't get it into my head and i'll probably mention it again in the next few weeks next few podcasts i can't get it into my head why why would you want to go and chop down a tree that's 300 years old because it has no meaning to them 
That's just bizarre. It's like, why would you want to chop down this 300-year-old thing that's last, it's lasted wars and... I don't know how long, you know what I mean? 300 years is a long time, that Why man. would you want to slice the head off a million chickens? Yeah. You know, it's like, it's why would you want to shoot somebody or knife somebody? It's like, it's human. Crazy, like, isn't it? It's just like a bit of us, just a tiny bit of human in us that's a bit destructive. Yeah, like, yeah. some of us manage it, some of us don't manage it. Some of us manage it most of the time, some of us don't manage it most of the time. Mm. You know, there's, most of it's a grey area in between, isn't it? Yeah. It's a funny one though, isn't it? Because I just like, the older I get, Existential crisis again. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what the acupuncture Here we are again. Um, it's great because she's having one as well. That was the irony. What's great about this lady in acupuncture is that she just tells you loads of stuff as well. So I'll be like, I'm having an existential crisis. She's like, oh, I'm halfway through one. And you're just like, brilliant. <laughs> or is it an awakening? Well, it's all the same. Yeah. But there's that kind of feeling of, you know, actually meeting women of my age, very young, very young women, um, considerably younger than my husband. They kind of all are telling the same story. And it's like something that, again, really <laughs> makes me think in this Western sentiment and civilization because I'm meant to be growing old in a place where people are like, man, she is wise, you know? Yeah. Like, she knows her shit. I'm going to go and see her in my soothsaying tent because she's going to give me the answers that I require. That's what I was born for. That's all I've ever known. That's all I've ever been born for is to be kind and hear and give and soothe and make people feel safer, right? Mm -hmm. And that's my job. But to have that job, I need to have a certain face. I need to look after my body. I need to somehow cheat age to a degree because the media just spits you out when you don't look a certain way. And there's no way on God's planet I'm going to buy into any other crap that suggests anything other, right? Mm -hmm. So I have this like additional burden, which is I want to help the masses. But at some point... I might get closed down from that unless I can get to a point where I have enough of a following where people can just reach me in that context. Yeah. And it's ridiculous. You are a healer. I, it's all I've ever known. You're definitely a healer. It's all I've ever known is healing. Mm. It's all I've ever wanted to know. It's the only place mm. I feel safe. Well, this is why when you've met, met um, Louise, the acupuncturist, is that acupuncturist? Yeah. yeah. Like two, she's a healer too. She's ace. So it's like two healers when you're meeting each other. It's like this, um, instead of being like a nemesis, it's like this joint night. Like, becomes like she thinks you've given her a gift by just being there but then you've got to get getting a gift, you know and it's like this yeah this it's just this oh, do you know wonderful what? bubble of healing that's going on that like brings us nicely onto what the buggery is going on with competitive women and men i'm just gonna say that i'm specifically referring to competitive women right now yeah i had such a crappy night the other night it was yeah. mind-blowing, guys. It was mind-blowing. If you're listening to this and you're a man or a woman and you've been out with mates, workmates, ideally, I'm referencing, and you meet somebody new and they instantly just don't like you. Yeah. That happened to me the other night. I went out, met up with somebody who's a friend. I'll say friend. He's more a work kind of friend, but I really like him. He's a top bloke. And I would definitely say if I happened to live in the area he lived, we would all be really good mates. Yeah. He's a really good guy. I really, I really have love for him, as I say to you. I've got very loving feelings towards this individual. Anyway, 
we do stuff together, bits and bobs in the media. He says, why don't you come and meet me? We've got this show on. Come and meet before for a drink. Meeting some people who might happen to be quite powerful in certain channels, whatever. Yeah. I'm always dead reticent to do it. I'm not good. I've said this on the podcast, haven't I? I'm a massive social phobic. I'm yeah. pretty anxious when I go out. I challenge myself. I do it. But nonetheless, it's not something I enjoy very much. But of course, I'm in my say yes to everything, aren't Absolutely, I? Absolutely, you are. So off I toddle on the train because I've got a radio day the next day with one of my clients Everest and I turn up where I had to go yeah fit the best um get the feather did you know it's more about soundproofing these days than it is about warmth but you didn't know that that's how effective it is in fact let me just tell you this before if you're looking for windows and this is not a sponsored thing get Everest because you can literally have an airport outside and close the window and you wouldn't even know about it that's how strong the acoustic glass is is that because of the gas isn't it the glass yeah I don't know and but gas, the point yeah, is different gas, isn't all it? I'd say is that Martin who's in charge of that says don't buy them for anywhere else in your bedroom because they're very expensive and you would need them in the bedroom which I think is really nice they never try and sell anything Everest they're always like oh you can just get this here and there it's brilliant you know it makes sense Anyway, so I had this like big day on the Friday. So that meant that I didn't really want to have any kind of big night. And also what's really weird with acupuncture is I've stopped drinking. I just mm. don't want to drink alcohol, which is weird because I like alcohol. Just to know that, you know, you've stopped drinking, you said it there. It doesn't work. You know, yeah, I'm not like <laughs> an alcoholic who's secretly drinking all the time. But I do like a drink. I like it. I mm. like to get a bit drunk. And I've just felt really not like I've wanted any. And she said to me, well, actually, it's ironic because she put some needles in my head and a byproduct of it the week before yeah. was it could stop me wanting alcohol. But this week, she's had to do one way. If I drink alcohol, I'll probably be sick because mm -hmm. she was doing something that coordinates with something else. And I've just not felt like alcohol, which in this weather, which is nice weather, I usually picture myself with a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Obviously, you know, sat there enjoying myself, probably a bottle, just the bottle, actually. 200 degrees Celsius Fahrenheit sat centigrade. Outside, just right. with a couple of bottles, maybe and I'm all happy yeah. so anyway I'm thinking I don't really want to go out this night did I because I thought I'm going to just be in a situation where I have to have a drink I didn't really want to drink but I'm going to go because I'm saying yes so I turn up I get to Waterloo they say where it is it took me an hour to find the place right which was about three or four minutes away couldn't find it I asked several people none of them spoke English I went into three shops he sent me in the wrong direction in the end I rang Pete who had to navigate me on the phone, because my Google Maps were not working and I couldn't get 4G yep. to the plate, took an hour. I arrived there harassed. There's 15 minutes before these guys are going to the film. No, to the show, whatever it was. And I turn up and I'm like, hi, you know, I'm wearing really scruffy clothes because I've just been traveling. I always look like a bit of a man when I go to London, don't I, when I'm not traveling. You know, I'm, not, I'm very, jeans very boyfriend Calvin's. jeans and like, yeah. yeah, kind of Calvin Klein underpants underneath, never mind. Look like a 14 year old, really, like a skater. So I go off and do that and they're there and I say hiya and instantly I'm like, oh, I just feel this like weird energy. I'm handed a gin and tonic and I didn't really want to drink it, but I have a little bit of it and I'm just like, right, we've got to go. I'm like, okay, guys, see you later. And this person's going, no, 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 stay, stay, stay. So I'm like, no, no, I've got to go. And she, she was like, no, no, come to this show with us. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to this show with you. I didn't want to go to the show. I felt really awkward. I went and she just acted like she was a bit mental with me. She acted like she didn't like me at all. It was so obvious. She thought I wanted to be with this guy that I was with. Completely weird and completely random. And I ended up leaving, didn't I? Yeah. But it just left me with that feeling of, even at my age, are we still playing games like that? Yeah. What well, is going in, on? In sort of marriages and other relationships that are going on and various, I just think it's, it's like a, 
They've been at school again, isn't it? That's how I felt. Yeah. That's how it felt. And then that's the I feel really sorry for you being put in a situation like that. I thought it was I thought it was a bit Yeah. A bit odd for you, you know. I just left early and made my excuses. But I kind of remembered that feeling and that's exactly what it was. It was that, oh yeah, I know this feeling. I know this feeling. This is that really awkward feeling where you turn up somewhere and you feel abandoned in it. Yeah. Oh, you've you've turned up somewhere and you feel like you've got in in you've got in the in the way somehow without wanting to of someone else's plans that of their, you know, you know, or when you fancied someone at school and then like the person you fancied someone's turned up that they sort of like or know yeah. or they know them well yeah. or they've had a good yeah. friendship with or something, you know, and it's yeah. like you start thinking, that's oh it. well. Uh, yeah, it's, it's so you know, weird. We're not 12 again, are we? So. But that's it though, isn't it? That reminded me that like so many people just never grow up. Yeah. So many people just get stuck in those roles. But as a woman, I was kind of thinking, this is the bigger thing. And I said it to you, I like started questioning my behavior. Because mm. I was saying to Pete, as a woman, I am really kind of flirty i don't mean sexually flirty i mean energy flirty yeah yeah like i'm yeah. always like cuddling people saying hello and like kissing people and like grabbing them and chatting and well, that's the, that's the, you know that's I'm the like really nice thing about that you, you know? with everyone with yeah. women more probably than men in fact more with women than men and it kind of made me go oh wow if you don't know me that perception must be that i'm Probably. Well, I, I, but that's no. I think it's 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 other people that are insecure that have that issue. Because I don't know. Honestly, you know. I'm not saying I'm going to check or change my behaviour. It was just a reminder yeah. that no matter how old you get, there's still those kind of misconceptions that are so. We, I think that by my age, everyone's figured it out. I don't mean life, like we said, nobody knows what we're doing with life. Yeah. But I thought that you'd figure out. But then at the same time, you arguably are saying that one of the things that you can't figure out with you is that you get really angry about things. So. Mm you aren't really an angry person, as in on a day-to-day basis. You know, you're nice, you're lovely. But then you have this, like, kind of light switch that just goes bang. Mm. And then you're really not nasty at all because it's not really nasty, you. It's just like an adolescent having a really bagged strap. (laughs) That's what it is, you know. And I become, like, very, very critical parents. You know, send her to your room, gone. (laughs) You know, so it's like this ridiculous, like, kind of thing. So even I'm saying that now. So, yeah, roles do. I've just actually answered my own question about, I <laughs> thought everybody would have grown out of it, but here I am doing the same and you're doing yeah. the same. Yeah. Isn't it weird? It is weird. It is weird. But, you know, we debate these things. I we know. discuss these things. We might answer our own questions sometimes <laughs> on this podcast. Very thorough. <laughs> yeah. Very thorough of that. Yeah. I so mean, none of you out there need to ask that question anymore. There is a question that, that I have, though. And yeah. I did say a while back that I was going to mention this. I was going to come out with it. I was going to ask about... It was more of a discussion, really, about salesmen. You know... <laughs> <laughs> it's estate it agents, especially. Oh, for you know, sake. the new breed of them. Honestly, you he's know. so right. And we the reason that he's bringing this up is we are buying a investment property so we have an investment property because we have no pension and we're we're literally going to be on the streets after 65 like we have no no security do we no screw it who cares so a few years ago we were like let's get a bit secure and let's buy like cheap tenancy things which we've done and we've got a new one that we're buying yes ah 
Yeah, but when we, we, we when we were looking round oh. um, before we bought this property, we, we were looking at the mound. Obviously, you go and you, you meet the estate agents there, and, and uh, there was a young lad, a really really cool cool guy. He was a nice guy, uh, and he was the son of an estate agent. Um, and it's like I actually thought he looked, he reminded me of a son of another estate agent, but I just guess that all these estate agents are all the same, and they have offspring are all the same basically. And he was in there, and he was like, "Look, right, yeah, yeah, yeah." And that, like, you know, I put my man can I? I'm not gonna. Uh, I put a berry, really, wasn't he? And he was uh, a berry accent, and he's like, "Can I just say you I'm keep not... wiping the table all I the time? Do, do you yeah. know that that makes a noise, guys? That you know, he's just the weird shh that you hear yeah. is that Pete's wiping the table. I've no idea why, but it's a constant thread throughout these podcasts. Yeah, I like the table. It's like, <laughs> Hilarious. Um, it's like I'm putting bits on it. And I know he's just like taking it. bits off it. Yeah, yeah go on. No, I need this. This. this um, the estate agents. He was well. He's not the he's the estate agent. Somebody's he's the estate agent. I'm not trying to sell you something. I'm not a salesman, <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you the truth. But I, but what he was doing, it was actually, it was, was so funny. It was being the biggest salesman yeah. by telling yeah. us that he wasn't a yeah. salesman, and it's like. I mean, you know, I could I could tell you a load of crap. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like what I'm saying is, you know, it's top end at this point. It's, it's immaculate. And it's top end. It's immaculate. <laughs> yeah. But if you're going to do rental, you're not thinking about rental. Like you're thinking about resale. So if you just go over the road over there in a better area, yeah, it's a bit more. But at the end of the day, you're going to get more for your money, yeah. aren't you, when it's finished? Not a lot of difference in the rental, but at the end of the day, you're going to sell it for more. So that's kind of what you think. But I don't need to tell you that because obviously you know what you're doing. But at the end of the day, I'm just saying, if I were you, I'd spend 20 grand more on that one over there. But I don't want to sell it to you because I've got nothing yeah. to win. Yeah, and I'm not actually really selling it to you. So what I've just said there doesn't really make any sense because I'm not selling it to you. I'm not a salesman. I'm just, the, I, just it, you know what? I, 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 whether I sell it to you today or not, it doesn't matter if I sell it today or not, I'll sell it tomorrow, you know what I mean? So I might as well just tell you the truth, mate, because I'm That's not a salesman. That's exactly it. Uh, you know. If I don't sell it today, I'm going to sell yeah. it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to sell it tomorrow, mate? It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, mate, you're not going to sell it tomorrow because you know what? It's still for sale. Yeah. She didn't accept our offer. And guess what? Yeah, she didn't accept our offer. And guess what? We found a Miles better one. And yeah. she's a lovely lady and she's immaculate and she's selling us a home and she's leaving a couch for us just she likes yeah. us she's amazing it'd be a lot easier if you just came in and said look right I'm, a, you know I'm, I'm an estate agent I'm here to do a job no, what ask would me a be question easier, what would be easier is just go um, do you want to have a look around or would you like me to talk you through it yeah. just give me an option I'm going to go just let me have a look around thanks that's yeah. fine right when it came down to it it's that rubbish patter mm. that you've got a job that you don't think you need to do because the thing sells itself but yeah. it doesn't because it's on the market yeah. and it's still there. Some people get sucked into it though. Some oh, we get... had, honestly, well, I said to you, I, I got sucked into it once years and years ago when I bought my second home. So my first home I bought for back in the day where people who are young listening to this, you'll be like, where does she live? In what era? But genuinely, my first house was £25,000. It was a two-bedroom terraced house. 25 grand, Deepdale Preston. Bit of a doer-upper. Never did it up, obviously. I was a student back in the day where your parents could guarantee mortgages. <laughs> yeah, just have one. It was 140 quid a mortgage a month. God, those days were wow. glorious. And literally had that, then sold that at a profit because obviously it was incredibly cheap when I bought it. Moved to my grandma's house. My grandma had died. And I just was so lazy back in the day and I just thought I'd just buy grandma's house. Bought that one and it was a proper doer-upper. It needed properly done gutting knocking through so started doing all of that and of course i had to get a kitchen and 
I wanted a decent kitchen. So I was going to different ones and they were coming around. You know how kitchen salesmen are anyway. One of them walked in, clearly realised we hadn't got enough money and just walked out basically. He was there a very short time and he found out they couldn't afford 12 grand. You know, he was off. But this guy walks in one day and he's got like a suitcase. They bring the suitcase, don't they? They had the with the wood. You know, oh, like, yeah. like you can really picture it. Which wood would you like? I don't <laughs> know. It's this big. It's like a small, it's not even a tile. You know, but you'd brought along with it and they like show you pictures. And he goes to me at one point, right, six and a half grand. And I went, oh, it's really nice, but I've only got 4,800 pounds, which was true. That was all I had. And he went, hang on a minute. And then he went off and he rang somebody and he's going, right, okay, okay, right, okay, okay, okay. Came back, we can do it for 4,800. <laughs> now... About a year after that, I watched Rogue Traders, and apparently it's like a proper thing that they do. How much can you afford? It's um, it's fifteen thousand pounds, but how much can you afford? I can afford seven. Okay, we can do it for seven. We can do it for seven. Anything to sell. The weird thing for me, like, is the fact that when I think about sales, full stop. I don't know how we've gone into like a whole podcast dedicated to things like salesmen, but whatever. Go with it now. My dad was a salesman for 44 years, 44 years. And in that time, I used to, because I was a bit naughty (laughs) when I was a kid, and I couldn't be trusted to stay at home on the holidays. (laughs) My mum would send me off with my father on his calls. And I just remember with absolute love that my dad never, ever sold anything to anyone and actually never said the words. I don't need to sell because he just didn't, right? It, it was just He was just my dad. Yeah, he would walk in and they would walk over and they'd go, hi, Don, and they'd hand him a black and white order sheet and they'd just go, go and get what we need. And he would do everything for them. He'd stock take, he'd order, he'd bring the new ranges in. He never ripped anyone off. He was always thinking about his client, his customer. And he was amazing. He was number one sales rep for the entire mm. time that he was at that place. And he was honest. It was so honest. And for me, that's, I think, where my frustration is because I, like, spent my life selling me. That's what I've done. My job is to sell me. Either I'm selling myself as a therapist. That's me. I'm selling myself on TV. That's me. And the one thing that I think I've had throughout that is just continuity of my character, just, like, being myself. I don't need to say, I don't need to. It's a bit like when people go, you know, I don't need to lie. And you're thinking, why are you saying that? Because it's clear that you don't need to lie. Or they'll go, you know, I'm really honest. I'm a really yeah. honest person. And you'll be like, well, I hope you are a really honest person because otherwise that would be yeah. a really well, weird thing to say. Well, that takes it back to the, 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 the conversation started, wasn't it? About, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I am a salesman. I'm not trying to sell you because I don't need to sell so you. Just You're used, a salesman. You've just, you've just used the number one rule of sale, sales and that's the typical going with a whiteboard I'm and your mate. teaching. Yeah, I'm your mate. Get a trust on the side. Yeah, trust, get, get a trust get, you. Build rapport quickly. Yeah. They're not going to be just, just, really patronised by that. Yeah, that's the difference. See, like your dad is like is selling. The, he was like it's, he'd, he'd tell them when he'd say, you know, this is what I've got for sale, you know, and then trust them to make a decision. You know, yeah. he'd tell them exactly about the product, how much it is, you know, and then my dad was like, is you, you know, like you said the autonomy of to, to, for them to be able to to think for themselves and say, yeah, well, we want this or we don't. And like you were saying about the, the price, if you're up front with the price straight away, you know whether you're going to yeah. waste people's time. Yeah. 
it's 12 and a half grand can't afford it okay no problem you can't have it then that's how it should be let's just stop that you know it's like when you go into designer shops I mean this is really occasional I don't go into designer shops because I never buy anything but like let's say I'm walking past a shop or even when I go into Selfridges in London very occasionally I hate Selfridges in London it's distasteful overly money is disgusting but at Christmas I took my niece there didn't I and I was like instantly repulsed and felt like really ugly and old and that's how you feel in it because you've not got the money well, to spend like 12 year olds like, walking yeah. in just getting like off white and yeah I'll and, take it all I'll yeah, take it all Gucci I'll have that I'm not even going to try it on it yeah. might just I'm not even wear it I'm just going to throw it away I don't even like it mm. yeah I'm giving it to somebody I don't like that's the kind of thing and I went in and there was this moment where apart from dealing with all the distasteful stuff I was kind of just hanging out looking at stuff and there was no prices and my mum always said that thing you know can't you can't afford to buy it with, with asking. You know, if, you, if, you can't, if you've got to ask for the price, you can't afford it. That was the key. If you've got to ask for how much it is, you can't afford it. And it's done because the only people will ever ask for a price of people who don't care because they can afford it. And it's yeah. like, it really drives me mad. That whole thing about aloofness and eliteness in kind of that area is mind-blowingly Well, I, d- I didn't realise about Selfridges in London until we went. I didn't realise it was that up its own ass. Disgusting. I really didn't. Even the staff there looked down on you. This is disgusting. Cheeky bastards, you know what I mean? We're in here. Just, you know, it's, ex- it's, it's, it's Christmas time. And you go in for it. You go in <laughs> for it. We do, like, stumble in, though, yeah. don't we? When we're all together, like, my mum, my dad, you, me, my sister, her daughter, my kids, we all kind of, like, go, we were hardly dressed up. We were just, like, stumbled through. Yeah. <laughs> we just look like we're possibly shoplifting. I just thought the point there's people in there and they just look like their faces were melting, you know, like, know. you know, and it's God. like, oh. you know what? Put I, your wouldn't money wanna, away. I wouldn't want to know people like you. You're probably making money from other people's misfortunes. So, yeah, and then you, you go know. outside and there's loads of homeless people trying yeah. to sleep under the actual doorways because really that's the, the irony. Uh, Isn't yeah. it mental? I'll go all common here and I'll say it really gets on my tits. It does. Does yeah. it get on the dog's tits? It gets on the dog's tits. Pete once tried to convince me that an old saying from Middlesbrough was the dog's tits, uh, but apparently... Well, people just... say the dog's bollocks, don't they? Yeah, you know? But, uh, but I, I you... have heard it many a time, and I've heard, you know, the dog's tits. <laughs> when you were sat with yourself in a room, in a mirror. <laughs> Anyone not from... the dog's tits, yeah. Pete. Hey, that's the dog's tits. <laughs> Trying to make it work. You know what? Now I've, now, I've, now, now, I've, now I've think about it. I'm probably convinced myself a while back that it was real. I don't think it was. Acupuncture again. It's starting to filter out all the fibs from me. <laughs> That's Dog's hilarious. Tits. What if in the end we just don't say anything to each other? It just gets rid of all of it. Uh, God, just no, like that mute. won't happen. I'll be saying, I'll, I'll, I'm sure there's another thing as well. I said my dad used to have cold beans on his salad. Oh, no, it's disgusting. And like you told me, Mum, that. And everyone was like, she said it no, he didn't. True. And yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, why would I make that up? Well, you did. There is no way your dad used to have cold baked beans on your salad. Oh, I remember seeing it. He might have had like cold beans, like five bean mix, you know, like where it's the salad one that you actually put it on. Oh, my God, we weren't that rich. We were working class, five bean mix in Middlesbrough. Are you having a, ja- a jest? I don't know whether they even had it back in the day. <laughs> I don't know. I think it was never didn't. expensive. None of Heinz baked bean range or any of their ranges is expensive. I don't, I don't, I don't, none of it's aspirational yeah, living. I don't, I don't think Heinz in the 70s and 80s, Heinz baked beans had a five bean mix. They ruined it, you know. They ruined bloody spaghetti hoops. They ruined them. Mm. Spaghetti hoops. Why don't they do the, the, the beans and sausage, but with vegetarian sausage? They did. Why don't they do that? Heinz. Sort it out, beans yeah, and sausage. I think they might do. They just don't sell them in supermarkets. 
part of it. These do, I don't know what the normal meat ones taste of, but they're disgusting. It tastes like... Well, it just tastes the same. It tastes like disgusting. Right. It's horrible. I want to find out. But if you want beans like that, all you need to do is get the corn hot dog sausages and just slice them up and put them in beans. It'll be like the same. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 that's what I'm having for dinner tomorrow. Well, it'd be nicer, actually, because obviously they're really smoky and nice. Yeah. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Because when you're a vegetarian, a lot of people are like, why do you eat meat substitutes? And you're like, because it's not meat! Yeah. <laughs> Stupid, isn't it? But what if you, if you like the taste but of But like, meat? if you like the taste of bacon and you yeah. like the taste of like, like chicken, like stuff, why don't you just eat the real thing? Because it was meat. breathing. <laughs> yeah. it's, I didn't have to kill it. Because it's meat. It's protein. Yeah. It's, it's not like, dead. It's a fungus. Yeah. It's not real. Yeah. God, it's anyway, weird. some people, yeah, just come on. Anyway, I've got one more thing before we decide to tune out this week. Yeah. Because it's on my mind, because I've been at this morning's day and... I kind of had one of those moments where usually I do the phone-in. So if you've ever seen me on This Morning, most of you probably listen, don't even know what This Morning is, but it's just a show that I do, probably on a pretty much weekly basis. I do the phone-ins usually, and it's great. It's world according to me. Do this! It's brilliant. Like, as a, as a practitioner in therapy, you're not really meant to do that. You're not meant to go, you need to do this, but you're time-limited on the phone, so you can just say what you want, and you just tell people to go and do it, and then there's somebody going, that's a really bad idea, and you're like, yeah, you're not on live TV, so there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> but anyway, apart from that megalomaniac side of me, there is the other side of me where I go on occasionally and do debates. But today wasn't really a debate. I was there to be the balance, like the voice of kind of balance in this argument where this girl has decided she's a blogger, a dating expert blogger, um, I say expert, she's a blogger, but she does like dating and sex and stuff on her blog, but she's a virgin. So she like tests out sex toys and all of that. That's her USP, shall we say, that she's a virgin who still plays with herself, which is obviously something she should do. But she has this identity with meeting a guy and having sex for the first time with somebody that she wants to either fall in love with or has a strong connection with. Now I am totally down with that. Whatever floats your boat. Personally, the idea of being a virgin at 27 makes me really worry about where I would have been because I love sex and I'm really glad I wasn't a virgin at 27. I've had a lot of fun and it's as simple as that. But nonetheless, this particular individual wants to do that. So we go on TV. Oh my God. And the amount of people were writing in, oh, this is so good. You respect yourself. Um, it's really good that you're waiting. It's really nice to have a young person being so sensible. And I wanted to just scream in the studio. Yeah. It's 2018, you bastards. I am a woman whose body is my control. If I invite one man, a hundred men, a thousand men inside that body yeah. because I'm a consenting adult, that's my right. I don't lose my purity because purity is bullshit. It does not exist. It comes from the idea uh, and identification of sin. If it is sin, it has to be religious. If you're not religious, get off yeah. that idea yeah. because that is bull. And actually, there are so many reasons why in that moment I sat and I did interject and I interrupted actually I just said no I have a real problem with that because what you're doing by congratulating and patting this person on the back and saying oh you're a virgin well done is you're suggesting that there is a definition between one day being and one day being not one day you had worth one day you didn't have it because you had sex and that idea that kids watching who might be 17, 18 they might have had five partners and they're thinking to themselves people think I'm bad because yeah. I've had sex you're not bad for having sex you're human
human. Do you know what? The irony is we were given orgasms so that we understood that the feedback of that orgasm makes us want to have more sex, right? Yeah. And actually, the only time it becomes confusing is in morals when you create a moral context to that, when you put a political moral context on it, particularly when you look at women and the emancipation that's happened in the past 20, 30 years, because it's still happening, we're still not emancipated. It's all about sexual freedom and choice. It's about making choices over your own body. And if you can't allow a woman to just be liberal with her body and accept that she has no shame associated with that, and instead you place her in a position where she is seen as shameful for electing that purpose and that the person who makes the choice not to have sex with somebody because they're not ready is better, you screw up yeah. the whole of the movement of equality. And it kind of really surprises me that there are so many people willing to say, you deserve a pat on the back because you've not had somebody's penis in you. Yeah. I just find it, yeah. How does that I couldn't have put it better myself there. You know, that's, yeah, really, really well, well, well said on that one. It's just... Uh, it's so weird that this is bred in our society. Yeah. The thing I is, mean, though, again, like you, you, you're the voice of sense, really, and you, you, for the, some of the people who were saying that, what well, good luck, so well done to you, you know what I mean? If they'd have heard you saying well, that. They did hear me. Yeah, I know they did, because you're on live TV doing it. And so. the other thing is that what was great is that Holly and Phil were like, oh yeah, that really makes sense what she's saying. Yeah. Because it does make sense. Because yeah. you write critics, yeah. I do talk common sense, so <laughs> screw you bitches. But you know what I mean? That kind of blew my mind. And it just kind of sparked something in me today. It was just that sense of, I am going to have to fight this fight for the rest of my life, being a free woman, being a woman who does not allow anyone to dictate who I am and what I can do with me. And I live in a heterosexual monogamous relationship now, mm. but I didn't. Yeah. Didn't live in a heterosexual monogamous relationship for a long time. And I'm so proud of my sexual experiences. Absolutely. I'm so proud of my escapades. Yeah. I, when I am old and I am sat in that bloody old people's home, I'm going to tell everyone what I did. I'm going to turn all of the women who are caring for me's hair grey yeah. or jealousy. They'll be jealous, that'll be it. Because I'm not afraid of that. I, I, that's what I love about you. But isn't it you weird know. that we're still living in a society where being free is controversial? I know, I know. That that is controversial. The idea that she has less worth after she has sex. And yeah. man, are you screwing up because one day you're going to have sex for the first time and you're going to realise that it ain't yeah. all about that the first time and it might not even be with the guy that you're going to stay with. And actually, sometimes it's quite good to have play. Yeah. Sometimes it's just good to have sex with people because you just want to have sex. Yeah. Well, it's adult play. It's adult play. You know, it's the endorphins, the feeling, the, 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 you know, the orgasms, the things that happen during it, after it, before it, the build-up to it, exactly. the build-up to it. It's That's amazing. Like, you know, and does it have to be long drawn out? Do five minutes, five minutes before you, yeah. you know. But at the end of the day as well, that thing about the only place where there is that context of shame is really within religion, right? Yeah. Really within religion. And even that's confusing. You look at, for example, in the, uh, you know, Quran, and yeah, it says that you can only have people who are married to you see your private parts basically that's the rule yeah um, or people that in like you have some kind of oath with that's the thing so like you know if you have an oath with an orphan they can see your privates that's part of the quran right. but basically seeing your privates doesn't mean that somebody can't touch them when you're wearing a dress you know there's nothing to say that and in the bible there's lots of different kind of context to it but actually when you do see that it's all steeped in shame yeah. everything's about shame and the irony is that virginial belief systems are about shame. 
that you are saving yourself for your man. I am saving myself for him. A man doesn't have to save himself, but a woman has to save herself. And you're like, screw you, society. It's very odd, isn't it? Yeah. So on that bombshell, because it's gone on to a completely different tangent, but I felt like I had to say it because it's really annoyed me. You're making sense of it. It's not annoyed me. She didn't annoy me. She was utterly lovely. But I do think it was a bit weird, though, that she said that she basically hadn't had a boyfriend because she couldn't get one. And then she did want to sleep with one after five weeks, but he dumped her because she was boring. That's what she said. So in my head, I'm like, it's not that you want to be a virgin. It's just you've not been able to score yet. (laughs) (laughs) Which is cool. I'm totally out and proud about that. Just go out and talk about it. That's a lot more rational, actually. Just go out and talk about the fact that, man, it's bloody hard to find somebody to have sex with that I really like. You know what I mean? Turns out out it's not as simple as they make out on Tinder. But... At the end of uh, today's show, we've covered sales, we've covered marketing, we've covered kitchens, we've covered uh, a bit of of virgins. (laughs) It's been diverse, if nothing else. And it sounds like I've been in nature because I've got the door open. (laughs) Because it's 5,565 degrees Celsius, Fahrenheit, centigrade. And we we started acupuncture, so life is then. Absolutely. Join us next week for another Making Sense of It. Sorry that we weren't here last week. We won't do that again. Life happens sometimes. (laughs) 